0: Good morning! New Life Manitou. There we go. My name is Taylor. If you're able, would you please stand for the scripture reading? Today's reading is from Matthew twenty-five thirty-one through 40. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne and all the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you, a stranger, and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. This is the word of the Lord.
1: be to God. Would you remain standing as we pray, Lord we pause and we think and we hope, Lord, that one day we might hear your voice saying, Come, you who are blessed by the Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. Lord, we wait and we hope for one day you to say to us, Well done, good and faithful servant. This is our hope, Lord. We pray in your name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and God's people shouted with joy. Yeah. Wow, you really did it. Thank you. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, I want to talk about this parable and it'll jump us into, jump launch us into this sermon about serving. I want to compare this parable. This is a very important parable that Jesus tells about a shepherd separating sheep and goats. And I want to compare it to a modern day, uh, what I think at least, when I think about this parable. And I don't have any experience, maybe some of you do, with uh, a shepherd shepherding, separating sheeps and goats. I don't even know if it's sheep's a word. I think it's sheep plural. Anyway, I don't know anything because that's not my world. I, I have never seen that happen. I imagine in Jesus' time, people were accustomed to that image. People knew what it was like for a shepherd to separate the sheep and the goats. But I'm going to compare it to something and some of you might think this is cavalier. It is. Some of you might think this is silly. It is. Some of you might think and, and you would be wrong that I'm kind of downplaying scripture. That is not true. I, I love scripture. I respect scripture. What I'm doing is comparing it today to something that we would all be familiar with. So are you ready for this uh, cavalier comparison? Yes. This parable, at least in my mind, <coughs> reminds me of a uh, like a hidden camera TV show. Are you familiar with these? Of course you are. You've seen them on the internet. You've seen them on TV. Some sort of situation is playing out and everyone is in on it. And then in walks somebody who is unaware that this is a hidden camera show. And there's like a stroller with a speaker in it. No baby, no baby's ever going to be harmed. There's a speaker in this stroller and the, the, the stroller is crying. So this person walks in and sees a stroller on the street and they're like, uh, there's a stroller, there's a kid, who's kid? kid, where's the mom, where's the dad, uh, there's a kid here, and then the stroller starts slowly rolling, and it's gaining speed, and they see like, oh, there's a hill, what does this person do, hidden show, right, hidden camera, and we hope And we all watch, and we want this person to go running over and stopping the stroller. And then they pull off the blanket and see not a baby, but a speaker and a note that says, Smile, you're on camera. (laughs) That's right. And these people come out, and the host comes out, and they Look, there's a camera right there. Ah." And everybody laughs, and everybody smiles. It's like, Oh, that's funny. Or somebody walking by. Here's another situation. Somebody walking by like a storm sewer, and they hear a voice like down in the storm sewer there's like some lady down in the storm sewer and you're like what hello are you are you okay you're in the storm sewer it's like help I need some food can you throw me some sandwiches and they're like yeah I guess let me get some food and the the person's just like why is there a person and then smile you're on camera the host comes out and says, hey, look you're on and everybody's smiling and laughing or another situation where there's like some bumbling person who's got a big mess of papers on the streets and it's like hey come here I need your help I need a pick all this up. I need to put it back in order. The boss is going to kill me if I don't get this back in order. And so you bend down to help them. You hand them some papers and they're just bumbling around and making more of a mess. And this person is just beginning to lose patience and lose patience. How long can they last? Like one minute, two, five minutes. And then finally, like there's this boiling point and the host comes out and says, mile, you're on camera. Ha, ha, look right there. it's a camera. And everyone's laughing and oh, They got me. This is what I think of, if you will humor me, about this parable that we live our lives, we serve people, we do these things, and then in the end, Jesus appears and he says, "Smile. Actually, when you were served, when you remember when you were kind of in a hurry at the grocery store and you let somebody ahead of you in line, remember that? Well, that person was like me. You served me when you served that person that one day. Remember when you were waiting for a parking spot and your signal was on and someone came up uh, and you let them have the parking spot? Well, remember that? Well." That was like the day you served me, the Son of Man. You served me the day you served that person. Smile. It's all been recorded. And you, hopefully, all of us, our hope is that when we serve others, we are actually serving the Lord. Is this good news today? Yes, this is very good news. So today, uh, we're concluding our sermon series on the whole life. It has been the series that has kind of been our ground throughout the summer, looking at our own lives and how we can grow spiritually. We've looked at several different things. We've looked at uh, how we read the Bible, how we pray, how we confess, relationships a couple weeks ago, the disciplines, worship. Last week, we talked about taking a break, taking a Sabbath, rest each week. How is our own spiritual life going? How are we growing? What does our life look like? And this morning, we're going to take a look, uh, in, in some ways, not inwardly, but Outwardly, what are we doing to serve those around us? Because this serving thing is a really big deal in Christianity. This serving thing is a really big deal to Jesus. This serving thing is a really big deal in the Bible. And I would argue that we cannot have a whole life, a spiritual life, walking with the Lord without. Serving. So this will be uh, next week. We will start another series. Uh, a little sneak peek into that. We are going to talk about Philippians, the whole book. It's going to lead us all the way into, if you can imagine this, because it's still hot out, it's hard to imagine. It will lead us all the way into the season of Advent, which will bring us to Christmas. So we will be in Philippians next week. It'll be our fall launch, kind of next week. Which I, I realize technically it's already kind of fall. How many kids, kids back in school? Manitou's back in. Everybody's back in school. This is, uh, or at least this. Week, maybe. So there's something fresh about fall. I realize that the year begins in January, technically, but there is something, right, about the fall. And especially if you have kids or in school yourself, going back to school, the new year beginning now. And I think with the life of the church, there's something about coming back from summer vacation and being here. And there was just excitement. We meet all of our volunteers and servants for this church. We meet before church in the morning and we kind of meet together and pray, and there was just something in the air, like, yeah, we're all kind of back now. The fall is beginning. Let's look forward to the future and the vision of our church, which is and always has been these three words that you've probably heard me say a lot, worship, connect, and... Serve. So today we're talking about serving. So two points today for this sermon. My sermons often have those three points, but today just two. And it's, it's simple enough. The first point will be about how when we serve, we're serving Jesus himself, the Son of Man. And then we'll talk about the second point will be about this reward of serving. So shall we jump in? Yeah. Point number one, when we serve others, we are serving the Son of Man. Where did I get that from? I got that from the Bible. I got it from the passage that was just read. It is good news. When we serve others, we are serving the Son of Man. I'll try it over here. When we serve others, we are serving the Son of Man. Yes. I usually sit over here, but this side, it's, it's growing on me. When we serve others, we are serving the Son of of man. Yes, this is what Jesus tells us. Serving is not that popular of a thing. If we go outside of the walls of the church and and we ask somebody, what's it look like to have a whole life? What's it look like to really be living well and, 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 and living it up? And what's that look like? I imagine that serving would not be on that short list outside of the church of what a whole, perfect, wonderful life looks like. If you go outside the walls of the church, you would hear Mantras like this. Well, maybe you need to build your self-esteem. Maybe you need to self-express yourself. Maybe you need to increase your self-belief. Maybe you need to have a higher self-value. Maybe you need to become more self-made or be more self-confident. Maybe you need to get self help or increase your self-worth or your self-pride or your self-love. All of these things. I think our society, right, would say you need to better yourself. And and the the serving would be like, well, why would you want to do that? Shouldn't you concentrate just on your own self and loving yourself? This is what the outside world says. And by the way, that is a very different message than the Christian message. The very different message than what Jesus taught us. Us to do. In fact, Jesus tells us pretty much the opposite, to not be self-consumed with making our own selves happy and filling our own selves up and getting from this life everything we can get out of it and, and taking in pleasure. Jesus actually says, just the opposite. Why don't you serve others? Let's look at the Bible. I have a couple verses here. John 3:30, these are the words of John the Baptist talking about Jesus. I had a friend in high school. This was his favorite all-time verse, and it would come up in conversation quite a bit. It's very simple. John 3.30 just says simply, He must become greater, I must become less. I'll read it again. He must become greater, I must become less. So what should we be doing We should be coming less? Like, that's a very, right? This is a very different message than the message outside the walls of this church in the world where people say, you got to get it, you got to grab, you got to take, you got to build yourself up and make yourself self-made. And you got to, actually, we need to become less if we really want a whole life. And we need to make others, Jesus, more important, greater than ourselves. Here's what Jesus says in Luke 22, starting in verse 24. A... uh some sort of dispute broke up amongst Jesus' disciples. A dispute arose among them as to which of them was considered to be the greatest. Verse 25 says, Jesus said to them, the kings of the Gentiles, this is like the outside world, lord it over them, and those who exercise authority over them call themselves benefactors. They call themselves great people that are in charge. Verse 26, but you are not to be like that. What are we supposed to be like? Instead, Be like this, the greatest among you should be like the youngest, and the one who rules like one who serves. Very interesting. Verse 27, for who is greater? Jesus is kind of rhetorically talking about in the world, who's greater? The one who sits at the table or the one who serves? Imagine a fat cat sitting at a table, fancy silverware, and eating whatever he wants, and there's people all around serving him. Who's greater, that the fat cat eating all this big fancy meal and the silverware and the fine dining? No, Jesus will say, actually, it's the ones running around, the ones serving in Jesus' kingdom, how the world really works when you look at the big picture and how it all is and how it will all be put together, the ones who are serving are the greatest. This, this little verse here, verse 27, ends with what Jesus is, I among you as, as one who serves, But I am among you as one who serves. Think about this. Jesus is God himself. That's what he claims. That's what we believe as Christians about him. God himself, king of kings, lord of lords, the great, the mighty, the one who is, was, is to come. And he takes a place of serving in our world. One more verse, John 12, 25. This is Jesus speaking once again, John 12. Anyone who loves their life will... Lose it. You know this verse? While anyone hates their life or just lives for other he hates their life in this world, will keep it for eternal life. What's the big picture here about serving? If I could summarize, I think I would say this that we're not saved by serving, we are saved to serve. Let me try it over here. We're not saved by serving, right? We are saved to serve. Okay, I'm I'm just picking on you. I'll come back. I'll give you a chance. I'll give you a chance. We're not saved by serving, but we are saved to serve. Amen? Okay, okay. There's my side. There's my side over here. Can you think about some things in your life? This is just between you and the Lord. This is not a raise your hand kind of question. This is just think about this right now. Think about this today. Think about this this week as the Lord prompts you, as the Lord reminds you. But other places in your life that you are serving? Are you serving at your home? Are you serving in your family or your friendships? Are you serving in the church? Are you serving outside of the church? Are you serving in the city, the West Side? Are you serving? Uh, going to work with the attitude of serving, where in your life are you are you serving? Could you make a short list uh, just between you and the lord because we're not bragging here we're not making a list to say, oh, there's all the things I do to serve, but in your own head, in your own list, where do you serve? Where do you get a life from? in your serving is there places in life where you serve the church certainly this place I've been so proud of of this church because uh the just the, the service team the volunteers that are here it's insane would you raise your hand if you're on the volunteer team if you serve here look at all the hands there's a raise them high raise them high look at all these hands this I mean that's a chunk, right? Of this congregation serving the worship team, the tech team serving right now, people coming early, people staying late in a minute, people will serve, communion. There is a, I mean, the, the percentages here are amazing. It's unlike any church that I've been a part of where there are servants and there are volunteers. And the, that word can kind of go hand in hand, volunteer, servant. But I—I I may I might make a point here just to kind of be silly that a volunteer and a servant are two different things. A volunteer can kind of come and go as they choose. Like if you're volunteering somewhere, you, you know, you, you join an organization, a nonprofit, you volunteer a couple weeks in a row and you're like, eh, that's kind of boring. You could take your ball and you can go home, right? But a servant, and many of us are volunteer at the church and, and we serve in different roles and that's fine, but a servant of the Lord, ultimately we don't really have... A choice, when we make a commitment to follow the Lord, when we make a commitment to serve him to, with our whole lives, well, then that becomes a decision, a commitment that we will follow him, we will serve him no matter what. It might look different in different situations. We might go to different churches. We might uh, serve in different ministries. We might do this or that. But when we serve the Lord and become his servant, it's a decision for life. And serving at this church, uh, just so grateful for all the hands that were raised. I think about, um, sometimes it's fun. Like sometimes it's sensational and we could talk about serving and uh, the things that we do together and finding life. But sometimes it's, hard work and the, and the real servants, like, they get this. Like, I imagine right now as we speak there's some people teaching our kids' ministry and I imagine uh, they, they've planned, I think about Joy downstairs or Jane or who else is down there? Some wonderful people that have spent the week preparing little messages and sermonettes and, and a little uh, uh, like uh, things for the kids to do to, to have tactile like understanding of, of some teaching and I imagine half the kids In there are just picking their nose And looking at the teacher like I would rather be somewhere else And you're like does this make any difference This isn't fun this isn't sensational But guess what There is great reward And the long obedience of serving will make great differences in this world and in this church. We really believe worship connects serve. We believe in serving at this church, serving each other, serving outside the church, serving the city. We have a phrase that we say that we're in the city for the sake or to serve the city and the west side. Like that's what we exist as, as the church. And there's just opportunities that in case you're wondering, like, how, how do I become one of these people that raise their hand? Well, it's quite simple. You can visit the back table. You can, go online. We have a brand new website, by the way, and you can click on Two, click on serve, and that's what it takes. There's a background check, and then we'll ask you, like, where do you want to serve? And you might ask, well, where's their need? Where's their opportunity? And we'll have this conversation, and we'll see where it goes. And you might not have tons of fun. I'm not promising, like, oh, it's gonna be awesome. You'll have so much fun. There's, like, water slides and cotton candy, and it's <laughs> like, well, actually, there's, you know, there's just serving, and sometimes it looks like Serving Sometimes it looks like work. I think about some of you that serve at the pantry on Wednesdays at, uh, where we partner with another church, St. Andrews, which is right downtown Manitou. And I think about like a couple weeks ago, there was a guy in there yelling because the week before we had chips and this week we did not have chips. And so he was saying, where the H-E-double hockey sticks are the chips. And he was mad and our volunteers were getting yelled at. Does that sound like fun to you? No, it doesn't, unless you're weird. Like, that is not fun. That's not sensational. But it's meaningful feeding those that are in need because at the end of time, Jesus will stand and say, hey, when I was hungry, you fed me. And you'll say what? What in the world? What do you mean? And he'll say, surprise, you were on camera. And when you fed me, oh, you fed those that were in need. It was like you were feeding me. Let's continue on this point. There's, um, uh, just a review of what I've been saying Is that when we serve others It's like we are serving The Lord himself We are serving Jesus We are serving the Son of Man Next point is this Point two of two is this Which is really a continuation That there is great reward In serving There's great reward in serving Right? I'll try it over here There's great reward in serving Yes <laughs> Kind like a competition going <laughs> Uh, I don't know why I do this. Um, So there's great reward in serving. There really is. This is a promise. This is what the Lord says to those that served. Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance. Think about this. Think about this image. The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. There's a true reward to come for those that are serving. While it may look like work, while this serving thing may look like, you know, just questioning, what am I doing? Like, I'm trying to serve. I'm trying to be faithful. Am I doing anything well, yes, in the age to come, we will look back, and it'll be like this hidden camera show, if if you're with me in that silly analogy, where it's like, wow, when you serve the least of these, those that were in need, it was like you were serving God himself, and enter into your reward. And I would say that there is reward in the here and now for serving. I think about, um, When I was living at home on the verge of of moving out and getting some roommates, I was excited to do so. My parents are here. It's great living with them, but it's it's good when you get to move out, right? Amen. so I asked a friend, a friend who had moved out like a year or two before. He had roommates, and we were just conversing about what it's like to move out and have roommates instead of your parents. And I was like, what's the best part, man? And he's someone who I really look up to still in the faith, someone who is a strong Christian, someone who's like wise beyond their years. And I expected him to just like, oh man, it's awesome. You could sleep in as late as you want. Your parents aren't there to bug you. You could stay up all night and watch TV. You could friends of. You could throw a party whenever you want. I'm like, what's the best part of living on your own and having roommates? And he said, you know what the best part is? I was like, what? what? What is it? I was just expecting what his answer might be. And here his response like stuck with me. A man wise beyond his years said, you know what my favorite part is? Is that living with roommates were really not expected. The roommates he had didn't expect him to clean. Uh, they didn't have like a chore routine. And so what he said, the best part is when my roommates are gone, I go around and I secretively pick up and I clean things and I do the dishes and I put things away and it's just awesome. And I looked at him like, what? What is wrong with you? Like, what about what? What? And he said, yeah, that's really, I, I get a lot of joy out of that each week, secretively. And I don't tell them that. In fact, you're the first person, because you've asked, like, that I'm even telling about this, that I, that I just love sneaking around and cleaning up the apartment and sweeping outside and taking care of things. And I just thought, that's that's a weird response. And now that I'm older, I'm like, wow, this guy was wise beyond his ear. This guy was a true servant and his reward really was in serving his roommates. There's a lot of examples in here. Um, I'm gonna name a couple people. I might embarrass you, but these stories are honoring. There's a very big difference between shaming someone and honoring someone. So I'm gonna honor a couple people. Um, So I was in a coffee shop, this is like a year and a half ago, and uh, I, I don't have an office in Manitou, so all my coffee uh, shops in Manitou are my offices. I work from there. I meet people there. It's my I keep like office hours at some of these coffee shops. And I was in there, uh, this is like a year and a half ago, and there was a guy in there, an old timer in his 80s, uh, retired, named Mike. And he was just kind of chit-chatting, talkative guy, and we got into a conversation. I asked him what he does, and, and he asked me what I did. And he said he was uh, worked for this. Uh, company uh, that did HVAC and plumbing, and he asked me what I did, and I said, oh, I'm a pastor at New Life, and he said, oh, you might know somebody. And I said, well, it's, it's a big church. We have six congregations. There's quite a few people. There's like a thousand couple people that go to New Life. in All of our congregations, it's a big thing. Probably don't know them. And he said, do you happen to know Terry Bracken, who's right there? Terry, in the blue shirt, wave your hand. So, just so people know, it's, this is an honor. So he said, I, I, I know this guy named Terry. And I said, I do know Terry Bracken. And this guy just went on and on. His name is Mike Terry, and he went on and on about you. He said that Terry Bracken would would fix furnaces. That was his HVAC career, worked for years and years. How many years, Terry, were you in the HVAC? just 35. That's all. Uh, He worked as an HVAC guy. And he, this guy at the coffee shop, Mike, was going on and on about a Terry Bracken, who I said I knew. He said that whenever he would go to, to fix furnaces, he would always do it right. He would serve those people. He never, ever cut a corner. In fact, he always put his name and his cell phone number on every furnace, every, I imagine if you go home today, I will not be surprised if your furnace comes from what, like the late 90s, early 2000s, if Terry Bracken's name and his phone number isn't on your furnace at your home. This this guy, Terry Bracken, is all over the place just doing things the right way, serving people, putting his phone number on every furnace he worked on so that even today, I imagine he gets calls this week saying, hey, uh, is this Terry Bracken? Yeah, I'm having a problem with my furnace. And, and Terry would walk them through the issue that they're having. And still to this day, the same cell phone number. And so I just put this on the back burner of my mind and thought, That's weird. Terry Bracken, he's a cool guy. And then in this building, what building? This building. The one you're in right now. I was downstairs in the furnace room and just cleaning out some stuff. And I look at this furnace. In this, you can go down there today. There's a furnace in this building with Terry Bracken's name and his phone number. That's still his phone number. Praise the Lord for Terry Bracken. (laughs) Terry Bracken. And we, today, this, this week he's turning 70. Is that okay to say? Just said it. Hopefully it is. <laughs> 70 years old. You should be proud of that, Terry. And his wife, Cheryl, wanted to throw him a party. And so I said, Cheryl, uh, what do you want to do? She said, I want to throw the whole church a party after church today. So after church, <laughs> downstairs where she's got barbecue coming right Cheryl and she's got uh ice cream sundays for who every do you know Terry Brecken some of you do some of you don't you're all going to get to know him and we're all going to take a tour of that furnace down there and and I said to Cheryl so here's another testament here's why I'm I'm honoring these people. Uh, I said, Cheryl, what do you, what do you need? You, want, you need the church to provide some plates and napkins and, and uh, you, you need to so put together a team to help you put this dinner together. And you know what she said? She said, oh honey, let me serve. That's what she said. A servant of the Lord. Let me tell you about somebody else, the Backstrom's. There he is back there. Hi, Carl. I see you in the back in the black standing there. We had, uh, this week, we had a gala, which is uh, a a way of uh, a dinner for all the servants of all the congregations of New Life Church, all six different congregations, and we picked a servant of the year, 2019, we picked Carl and Jane Backstrom, and... I I got to call him which I was a day late someone else called him and and let the cat out of the bag that he was the winner and then I called him the next day and said Carl you are the servant the volunteer of the year well done you and Jane Jane's downstairs right now right? she's not here she's downstairs right now right now serving with the kids Carl is serving right now literally like if he did something my mic would cut he's serving right now and so Carl well done and I, I was telling him Uh, Carl, you you deserve, you deserve this. And what did he say? He said, I'm just doing what everybody else is doing. I said, that's why you won. Like, that's why. Because you are serving your tail off and you deserve it. Thank you for serving. Well done, good and faithful servant. One more story. I asked this person if I could share the story because it's a little sensitive, but Jerry Lank. How would you wave, Jerry? Uh, Hi, Jerry. (laughs) Jerry today, and this is gonna, this, this might be a little emotional, but Jerry is 130 days today sober. Woo! Praise the Lord. Woo! Praise the Lord. Well done, Jerry. It's a big deal. It's a very big deal. I met with Jerry on day two, or three, two, day two. I had breakfast at the, across the street, Uncle Sam's pancakes, Jerry and I, on day two, of his sobriety sat down and had breakfast and he just asked me what what how do i I need help what do i do And I said, our church, we really believe that these three words we throw around are not just three words we throw around. These are very important, meaningful words that we worship. So come here and worship the Lord. Worship him day and night. Worship him here on Sundays. Worship the Lord. Connect. Connect with the people in here. Connect with the community that's alive and vibrant in Christ. And worship, connect. Serve. I said, find a place to serve. And I think the outside world, um, outside of this church, would say, "Well, hold on. You know, here, here's someone that's—he's two days sober. He has no business. He needs to concentrate just on himself, and 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 serve himself, and 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 feed himself, and and get this self-esteem, self, 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 self." And instead, the church inside here, we say. Well, yeah, that's going to come by serving. And so Jerry has served. We have a meal every Sunday for all the other servants, the volunteers that get here early. The band gets here before 7 a.m. And so if they're here from 7 till uh, the end of service, that's a long time. So we serve breakfast for all everybody that comes early to serve. And Jerry and the team, Lorelei, Rachel, wherever they are, they, they serve. Jerry's one of those. And he said, here's what he said. And then you could give your amens and your praises. But Jerry has said that serving here, he has thanked me for serving here because it has been a part of his salvation and his recovery and has given him life. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. So what are we talking about? We're talking about serving. We're talking about every chance we get, taking the low road, giving someone else what we have, when we have saved up for something that we are excited about buying and we see a need and, and we give that to some single mom instead, that's serving. And it's like we are serving the Lord when that happens. People in this church have given me cash to give to someone else. Pastor, I want you, I want this to be anonymous. Would you uh, give this to somebody? Yes, I'll give it to them if, if, after I take my cut, of course. <laughs> People have given me gift cards. In here, people have given me gift cards. They give this to so-and-so. I think they have a need. Yes, I will. I would love to. People have given me, one person has given me, in our church's history, two and a half years, a person has given me a car and said, would you drive this car over to someone's house and give it to them? So I drove the car. My bike was in the trunk. I drove a car over. I knocked on the door, gave a car away, and I drove my bike home. Praise the Lord. This is serving. This is what the people of God do I have one more story. So it's so not from this church. Everyone can take a sigh of relief. I'm not going to pick on anyone else. But those stories we're honoring. And, and I really, there's there's a big difference between embarrassing someone and honoring. And what we did today, I pray, is honoring, honoring, honoring to the work that you all have done for the Lord. In fact, I think a lot of times as a pastor and a shepherd of this congregation, like I, I need to thank people more. I do. And I thank you know, the Mabuses and the Brackens and the Arnoldusons and Susan and all you worship people and, and the Springsteens and I just, there's so many people, the Mendels that I could thank and go on and on, I need to and then I could run myself dry just think I need to thank everybody and I think they're not serving me. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a fellow servant along the way. There is someone much greater that we are all working for who will say, well done, good and faithful servant. The story I want to conclude with, uh, don't worry, it's not about anybody here, it's from a long time ago, the book of Acts. So the first church... there's this church, they, they band together, it's this description of this early church in Jerusalem that that's, there's persecutions, they hold everything in common, they run to each other, they live together, they have all their resources, they pool all their money, they really have to, it's a description, I don't think it's a prescription of what we have to do, but it's a description of what happened then because of the persecution, people being hauled off and killed on the spot and for, for their belief in Jesus. And there comes very quickly, Acts 6, a problem that they're handing out food, and people are not being handed out enough food. And for goodness sakes, guess who it is? It's a group of widows. Like, come on, guys. Like, here we are, church. We have holding everything in common. There's some sort of, like, daily distribution. And and we're leaving people out. And and for goodness sakes, it's the widows who are accidentally or purposely being left out. Like, come on. We could do better than this. So the apostles say, let's pick some guys, some servants of the Lord who can just look after the tables, look after the panties. Look after this distribution of food. And there's a list of guys who are picked. The first one is Stephen. Anybody know who Stephen is? He's called Saint Stephen. If you ever wonder, like, how do you become a saint? Well, well, Stephen, all he did was he was around and he was a servant and he was chosen to look after, like, a, a pantry, a distribution of some food. Stephen does that. They, they find him, some, some non-believers find Stephen, and they question him about his faith, and he stands up for faith. He gives this sermon about the whole Old Testament leading to Jesus, and right then and there on the streets, those of you that have read this story and you know it, what happens to him? They kill him. He gets the honor of becoming the first martyr of Jesus Christ and his followers. He's Stephen, he's called Saint Stephen. I used to work at a church, little Presbyterian church in California, and the church's name was Saint Stephen, named proudly after this saint who was just there to serve. Like that's how he came into his power and his status. Like he was just there to take care of a distribution of food. The next guy on this list, his name is Philip. Do you know this story? Like a guy named Philip is is put in charge of some distribution of food. He's walking along one time and he sees a chariot. Inside the chariot is some guy from Ethiopia and he's reading the text of Isaiah and Philip comes up to him and says, "Do you have any idea what you're reading?" and this guy says, "No, I really don't." And Philip Philip leads him to the Lord from that passage. So you know what you're reading about? You're reading in Isaiah about the suffering servant. You know who the suffering servant is? It's Jesus. And Philip leads this man to Christ. And then from what we know, he, the, all of Ethiopia becomes believing because of this man and his faith and going back. And then Philip like gets transported, like this gift of transport. It's, it's a weird part of the story that I would love to know a little bit more about, um, but it's just not there. But he's like transported from one place to another. If that happened to any of us, like that's all we would talk about for the rest of our life, this time. And Philip, it just seems like, hey, I'm just... Is here to serve he's chosen as one of like the pantry uh, volunteer distri- distribution center guys because he's there to serve. this is what the kingdom of God is like people ready and willing to serve. I want to read a passage for you and if you would, would you stand with me? We're going to read uh, this very beautiful passage. In Philippians, If the band, you want to come forward and, and, and lead us, Brett's going to get ready to lead us to the table to communion. And this will connect us with next week because we're going to begin a series on Philippians. Um, and this comes from chapter 2, where it talks about Jesus being the greatest servant. It's Philippians 2, verses 6, starting there. And it says this, it's all about Jesus, who, being in the very nature of, God. You know this verse? Jesus being in the very nature God. He did not consider equality with God something to be used for his own advantage. Rather, Jesus, who is in the very nature God, made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself, becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place, gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of the Father. So, Lord, we stand here in your presence, thinking about you as the great King, as the great Lord, God himself, coming as a humble servant to serve us. And Lord, as we're led to the table, Brett's gonna lead us. Lord, would you make yourself known to us into our hearts, into our minds. Would you give us this image of yourself as the servant serving us a meal, serving us from your own body and blood what communion symbolizes, what communion is, this mystery of communion is that you, Jesus, died for us. You were the greatest servant. Oh, we pray that we would be like you. We pray this in your name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.